You are listening to the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which provides bite-sized tips for busy parents, educators, and anyone working with kids. These real talk conversations focus on mindful living, mental health, and personal growth, helping all to learn, grow, and inspire with mindfulness in mind. I'm your host, Vanessa De Jesus Guzman, educator, licensed professional counselor, entrepreneur, and mom. I'm passionate about helping folks live life with peace of mind and ease of heart while not losing their, well, you know, here we go. Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Free to Be Mindful podcast. I hope that you're feeling good, looking good, and doing better in this world than you were yesterday. So before we get into our topic at hand today, I want to make a few reminders just to let you know some things that I have ready just for you. So I always have two freebies on hand that are really helpful if you are a parent or if you're an educator or anyone working with kids. The first is the guide called Talking to Kids Without Losing Your Cool. So if you're tired of telling your kids, students, or clients the same thing over and over and still are not getting the response or the behavior that you're looking for, this is definitely for you. It comes with a video to help you understand how to implement it, and it can really be helpful to not only use with one or two kids or students, but with all kids that come into your life. And the second freebie is tools to help kids navigate mistreatment. So if you're working with children that need help on how to navigate mistreatment, aka bullying or conflicts or unfriendly teasing, this is great because it has strategies that you can try with your kids at home so that they can practice them before they put it into place with people who perhaps are targeting them. So both are available on my website and in the show notes below. So feel free to take a look at those. So as a therapist, I hear all the time from clients of all ages, whether it's five or six-year-olds or 50-year-olds, I hear all the time that sometimes they're not treated the way that they feel they should be treated, whether it's a mom stating that she's not treated respectfully by her kids or perhaps her partner or spouse, or even kids when they don't feel like they're treated respectfully by their parents or by other peers. But what if I told you that you teach others the way that you want to be treated? And it doesn't always mean verbally saying out loud, I want this and not this, although sometimes it does. But there are so many other nuances and nonverbals and ways that you treat yourself that really make an impact on the way that others treat you. So that is the topic at hand today. And I want to share just a couple of things that perhaps can get you thinking about how these things really can impact the way that you treat yourself and the way that you allow others to treat you. So first and foremost, we have to know that we're not responsible for other people's behavior, right? We are only responsible and we can only control our own behavior, but we can place responsibility on ourselves. And what I mean by that is placing responsibility on the way that we react to others, because that really makes a big impact on the way that others respond to us. So before anything, we have to get to know ourselves much better. And the first thing is, how do we treat ourselves? 
What are the things that are important to us? What do we place as priorities and what are our values? And we look at it under the same umbrella and we really think about what are the things that are important to us? When we think about just that aspect, we then come to realize the things that are important to us are the ways that we treat other people. So for example, if honesty is important to you, then you most likely are very honest with others. If being genuine is important to you, then you are genuine in the way that you are with other people. So think about what it is that's most important and the way that that is reflected in your interactions with other people. And although we may not place a lot of thought to it, others definitely do, even if it's subconsciously. So it's important to understand what is important to us. How does that come out in our treatment toward others? And then that'll really state the foundation on how others respond to us. The other thing to think about is as we're turning inward first, before even looking at other people, is thinking about how we treat ourselves. Do we treat ourselves with respect or are we always engaging in conversations where we self-deprecate ourselves and our own behaviors and our own actions? If we're always saying, oh, I'm so stupid or I should have known that or should have, would have, could have, and that type of speech, if we engage in that negativity, then that's putting it out there to the world, whether we're saying it. And even if we're not, it comes across in our nonverbals as well. And we're putting it out to the world that, This is a way that I treat myself, so it's okay for others to treat me the same. So really think about the type of language that you're using toward yourself, whether it's outward to other people or whether it's just internal language as well. The other aspect of treating yourself well that I wanted to mention is also the way that you treat yourself on the outside. So engaging in self-care, perhaps a way that you present yourself to others. So for example, and this is very superficial and materialistic, but when it comes down to it, I like a nice hands bag and I like a nice set of shoes. However, if let's say my spouse never saw me with anything or never heard me talk about it, then how would he know that I may enjoy something like that if I've never put it out there in the world? So again, a superficial and very materialistic example, but very easy to see as to if I don't engage in that type of behavior or treating myself well, whatever that means to me, then it's going to be a little more difficult for others to treat me the same way. Again, whether it be on the outside and things that you can actually see or on the inside and the way that we speak to ourselves. So with that also comes a level of self-awareness of not only treating yourself well, but also thinking to yourself, what do I deserve? And not just a blanket statement as far as I deserve a million dollars, because that would be nice for everyone to have. But what are, going back to your values, what is important to you? What are the things that you value? What are the things that you are working toward? And really, when you put that at the forefront of your self-awareness, it'll come through in all you do. That's why, for example, things like visualizing the things that you want in your life or creating vision boards, also engaging in manifestation are very powerful because you're putting out there, these are the things that I want and these are the things that I deserve 
and you're creating a pathway that then it makes it easier for those things to come to you. Not by snapping your fingers and thinking that you're going to have the things that you want, you know, in the palm of your hands instantly, but you're creating the path and creating it possible because you are actually intentionally saying, these are the things that I want or that I want to work towards or the things that I deserve. And then when you know those things, you won't settle for less. So that's helpful as well. And just as treating yourself with respect and treating yourself well is important, treating others is important as well. In every single relationship we have, whether it's with colleagues, whether it's with family members, whether it's with romantic partners, and even with children, we really have a way of making it visible and apparent to others as far as the things that we are going to take. So if we engage in using foul language with colleagues, then maybe if you put it out there, that means you're willing to accept it back. But then you can't be surprised when you get it back because you put it out there first. That's just an example. When it comes to romantic relationships, if you're not very affectionate with a partner or with a spouse, then it may not come back to you. So we have to remember that every single relationship that we're in, it's a two-way relationship. A puppy may be a little bit more loving toward us, even if we're not to them. But eventually, if we're not loving ever, we do create a space there. And then it's hard for someone to love up on us, so to speak. So really think about the way that you engage with anyone of any age. Think about the words that you use. Think about the tone that you use. And it's not always about speaking to others, but it's also on the other end, how we listen to others. When someone is having a serious conversation with us, are we engaging in active listening and having good eye contact and really present when they're speaking to us? Or are we just scrolling through the phone or getting dinner ready or staring mindlessly out there in the world and seeing their lips move, but not really listening to what they are saying? So all of those things are really important when it comes to the way that we converse with others and how we treat others, again, is a reflection of how we treat ourselves and what we are willing to expect from other people. And that is another way that we teach others the way that we wish to be treated. So I just mentioned puppies, right? So whether you are an animal lover or let's say you are somebody who has young children in their lives you know that if you want, let's say, a puppy to do something and you mark the behavior as you say yes and you give them a treat at the same time and you do that a couple of times, they begin to learn, oh, this is what my human wants me to do. Let me keep doing it so that I can keep on getting rewarded. Mice do that and pets do that. Children do that as well. That is why we have so many behavior modification programs. That is why so many classrooms use a red light, yellow light, green light, or gold stars, or marbles in a jar until they become intrinsically motivated and wanting to do things for themselves because they know it's the right thing to do. However, rewarding people for their behavior doesn't have to stop at the age of children. And it doesn't mean that, let's say, we give our spouse or our colleagues a gold star whenever they do something well. However, we can reinforce others' behaviors with 
thank yous, with good jobs, with appreciation statements. And we don't have to be weird about it. We can just, instead of thinking it, we can verbalize, I really appreciated you putting the bag in the garbage can after throwing out the garbage last night. It really helps me to throw out the coffee grinds in the morning and having the bag in there already true story here. (laughs) So it really helps when you verbalize the things that you are grateful for. And sometimes when I mention this to people, they always say, well, shouldn't they just know? Or why is it that I need to tell them if I am never being thanked? And yeah, you can take that mindset or that route if you choose, but what is that getting you? (laughs) If it's not getting you the outcome that you wish, you may have to change your tactics, change your efforts, and see if something different is going to get you the things that you'd like to see more of. So again, whether it is to a child or even if it's talking to an elderly parent, you can give statements of appreciation that goes a very long way. And again, reward the behaviors that you like to see so that you begin to see more of those. And with behaviors, yes, we can reward those that we want to see. And when we get behaviors that we don't want, or when people treat us the way we don't want to be treated, that's where it's really important to set up those clear boundaries. And it's not about yelling. It's not about making a scene, but it's simply about, again, not assuming that the other person should know what you like or don't like or what you want more of or less of. It's stating Listen, I know you're calling because you're concerned. I'm in the middle of work and I can't take this call right now. I'd be happy to talk to you later. So you can set clear boundaries with people. And sometimes we assume that we're all on the same page with social cues But the reality is that there are so many different humans on the face of this planet and no two are the same. So if you think that a colleague, a peer, a partner, a friend or a family member, if you think, why haven't they gotten the point already that I don't like that? Well, if they haven't gotten the point, have you outright verbally said it without beating around the bush, just being direct and of course, respectful so that they can understand what it is that you're looking for or what it is that's unacceptable for you. Be very clear about setting boundaries and be firm with them. And the most important part is be consistent. So if your sibling, parent, spouse, or child call you every 30 minutes at work, and it's a call that you cannot pick up because of the nature of your job, then you have to be consistent about not picking up the call and letting them know, unless it's an emergency, please don't call. After a few times, you'll see that they stop calling because then they begin to understand and really begin to actually hear you when you say, I am unable to talk during these hours. So be clear and be consistent. And lastly, understand that we are all humans and no one is perfect. So just as you make mistakes, Just as you sometimes do things that perhaps are not so helpful, or maybe you overstep a boundary, or maybe you didn't understand the way somebody said something or requested something the first time, we must be aware the way that we treat others, and we must be conscious about one, forgiving, and two, 
just acknowledging efforts. Sometimes a first try or a first effort isn't going to be perfection. Again, we're humans. We make mistakes. And when these mistakes happen, it really helps when we can forgive those that we care about, especially if we want them in our lives. Forgiving others is going to go a long way because it helps us release any heavy feelings so that we don't begin to build resentment toward this other person. So as mistakes happen, forgive. If you need to press rewind and clear up your boundaries, that's always a great idea and really request for the things that you want. And sometimes after effort is put forth to this change that you'd like to see or to behavior that you'd like to see, depending on what it is, it may be okay to step away. If you're in a toxic relationship, step away. If you're working in a toxic work environment, step away. If you are losing your cool with your partner or with your child, step away. That stepping away could be for a few moments, a few hours, or perhaps it's time to find a new place to work. So you really have to weigh out, again, the things that are important to you. But if it's come to a point where you've tried all of these tips and you've had enough and it's not good for your physical, mental, or emotional health, then you have to make steps that are best for you. And remember, as we teach our kindergartner, first and second and third grade students about the golden rule, treat others the way that you wish to be treated. And when we do that again, we teach others the way that we wish to be treated. And when things are unclear, we clear them up. And when mistakes are made, we forgive or we move on. I hope that this has been helpful to you. I know sometimes it's easier said than done, but with consistent efforts, know that anything is possible. I invite you now to stick around for the short guided meditation. So right now, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, I'd like for you to take a deep breath. And in that breath, think about someone who makes you smile someone who treats you well, someone perhaps who you love dearly, whether they be here or in the sky above. And as you picture this person in your mind, give them a hug and tell them how much you appreciate them just for being them. Now think of a person who perhaps you wish to improve your relationship with and take the moment right now and think about the boundaries that perhaps need to be cleared. What do you wish to express to them in a respectful manner? What is it that you expect from them? What is it that you can give or perhaps what is it that you could no longer give even though you care for them, maybe in a loving capacity or maybe in a working capacity. Take this moment and as you see this person's image in your mind, respectfully share with them what it is that you need, which can be used as a practice for the next time you see them, or perhaps as letting them go if the relationship no longer serves you. And lastly, I want you to picture yourself looking at yourself in a mirror. Know that all relationships you have in your life are based off of the relationship that you first have with yourself. And with that, 
Have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It would mean a ton if you took this moment to review the Free to Be Mindful podcast on the platform you catch your favorite shows. That quick and easy act lets me know what you enjoy and it helps others find the podcast too. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you can listen along next week. In the meantime, I welcome you to catch me on social media at Counselor V De Jesus. And as always, remember, in a world where you are free to be anything that you want to be, you are always free to be mindful. Catch you next week.